Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Did you enjoy the cool, cool morning? Man, that came in. I, I did after a while, but can I just tell you that in the middle of the night, my wife's dog, her dog, woke me up to go out. It's like four o'clock in the morning. I came outside and I just froze. I thought, oh my goodness, this is cold. And so because I was going to preach later, I had to be careful what came out of my mouth. And uh, I prayed in Jesus' name for that dog to go to the bathroom very fast. So I could run inside and get back under the warm covers where my wife was under piles and piles of covers so I could stick my ice cold feet up against her then. (laughs) But it's great to have that cool weather. We love the fall. We love you guys coming out today. Excited about what God's doing in and through Tree of Life. All the visitors, again, welcome those watching online. Thanks for coming out today. A lot of great things are happening because it is the fall season. Uh, As you saw, I want to thank everybody that participated in the outreach, the Thanksgiving outreach, the Family Life Center team, all those that contributed, all those that served. Let's show our thanks. Let's give a big shout out to everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being a tree of life to this lost and hurting world. And you really do make a difference. So many families were impacted and continue to be that. And now we're in full swing, have been, Family Life Center has been. And the gift, uh, the gift giving, the angel gift giving, I don't remember the name of it now, Giving Tree. And it's out there. There's a table out there. In fact, my wife picked up four cards already. Uh, so kids, so those names go fast. So jump on there so you and your family can help be a blessing to some of these children that are under-resourced families. And so again, just being the hands and feet of Jesus, amen. And so lots of great opportunity you saw on the Tree TV also on the this coming Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh, the night before Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving Eve, I guess. We have our family service where we want to encourage everybody to come on out. Maybe you got family in town from out of town. I'd bring them out that night and have enjoy service with us. Maybe you got family coming in on Thursday. It'd be good to come uh, Wednesday night and get your heart right before the Lord, right? Get ready. Lord, help me. Just one day, help me. And, uh, and he will. And so uh, a lot of great reasons to come out Wednesday night. If you have an opportunity, by all means, do that. On Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, just to let you know that we're hosting the community-wide Thanksgiving dinner. So there'll be several, a couple thousand, three plus thousand or so that will come through and either have their Thanksgiving meal here or boxes will go out to people uh, to be a blessing to them for Thanksgiving meals. So that is here Thursday, 11 to 2. Perhaps your family would like to come out and you don't have to sign up or register. You can come on out and participate in the meal or partake of it, I'll, if that would be a blessing to you guys. So you can do that again Thursday, 11 to 2. So lots of great opportunities. Amen. To be a tree of life to lost and hurting world. So thank you, everybody. All right, get your Bible out. We're going to get right into the word. We are in part three of our series called More. And I want to uh, jump in on this topic, which will cover the next two weeks. Uh, it's a four-part series called More. We know God has more for us. None of us are walking in all that God has. And so really, you determine how much of God you walk in. Uh, part of that is just the revelation of the word. As we get in the word and we see what God has, then we can operate that in our life. We need to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. But understand, once you hear the word, you're responsible for the word. Amen? And so the good in that is you determine how much of God you walk in, and we want to walk in more, so we need to apply it to our life. So I wanted to take a few weeks, last two weeks, the next two weeks, and talking about some things that typically, I believe, are really misunderstood in the scripture, but are extremely important and powerful to our life. And can I be honest with you, that's why they're misunderstood, because they are so significant in our life, the enemy works especially hard to keep us from applying these principles to our life. And really, it's in the natural of things that kind of might just 
cause hesitation in our life because there are things like with our finances. The last two weeks we talked about finances and when you start talking about finances, you know, people just want to, well, hold on, let's not go there, <laughs> right? And, uh, or people will say things, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this week and next week. Really, you had to go there? You're going to talk about the Holy Spirit? I was really liking this church pastor <laughs> and I just want to say, hang in there because let's base our, the, our, base our understanding on what the word of God says and not past experiences or what other people have told us. Uh, because honestly, I, I just, when I talk to people all the time about uh, different things about their life or scripture and in particular these two topics, what I really find out is they're basing their opinion on what other people have said. I find they really haven't dug into the word for themselves. And so I have these conversations a lot. I've been on staff since 1992. I came on staff as a junior high youth pastor. So even talking to teenagers up until what I do now as a senior pastor, a lot of times when I get discussions with people and they're talking about God or, or the things of God in their life, and sometimes, honestly, sometimes I say, now where's that in the Bible? Because they've, they've all of a sudden come to some conclusions or, or, or some understanding about something that really you can't, if you study out, you really don't even see it that way in the scripture. And it's, again, it's based on an experience or what somebody has told us. And so it's so important for each and every one of us to get into the word and see what the word of God says for ourselves. And I, I appreciate the fact that perhaps many of you trust me as your pastor, but I still want to say to you, go to the word and find it in the word. That's why we, we try so hard to bring the word to you so you can go back and study it on your own. Um, here's what I know, um, that we need to get closer to God. All of us do, but a lot of times we don't or we keep them at arm's length, length on certain things is because we don't understand them. Um, we'll get close to what we're comfortable with, but we'll keep other things at arm's length. And so we need to just have a greater understanding of some things so we can embrace all that God has for us and not reject things that really sometimes either we haven't studied out for ourselves or really they may not even be in the scripture. And so I, I, wanna, I want you to know that as a pastor, here's what, I, here's, here's what I do, here's my role. I'm a pastor and the scripture says I'm a shepherd. And so I'm a shepherd that the shepherd doesn't drive his sheep. I'm not going to punch you in the nose with stuff. I mean, I want to call the truth the truth. Um, I'm not going to try and force you to do anything. I mean, I wish I could because I'd want you to walk out the scripture. I'm trying to walk it out myself. But I, but I need to lead you. I need to lead you into truth. I need to lead you into the scripture. In fact, the Bible says as your pastor, I need you to lead you by still waters where your soul can be refreshed. I need to leave you, lead you to green pastures so you can eat and be fed. And so that's what my intent is here in the scripture on these topics, is just to lead you to a place where you're going to determine what you drink and what you eat, but, but I want to tell you it's safe, it's good, it's refreshing for your soul, and it will feed you. And so I just want to encourage you in that this morning. And let me start here. This is not in your notes, actually. I Just in time of worship this morning, as, as uh, the worship team was just leading us to that great place in the Lord, and Pastor Cody was exhorting, just it rose up in, in my heart to pull this scripture out. It's not in your notes. So in John 20, 22, this is where Jesus is already resurrected. Now he's back on the earth. He has his glorified body. And so he shows up with the disciples. They're, they're, they're afraid. They've been hiding in fear ever since his crucifixion. And so he walks through the walls and shows up and says, hey, peace be with you. Don't be afraid of me. It's me. Look at my, the holes in my hands, the side. Touch him, feel him, however you we need to do that. But peace be with you. And then he goes on and tells them, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And it says in verse 22, John 20, 22, and with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed life into them. He breathed new life into them. In fact, if you study the scripture out, this place in John 20, 22 is the actual place where the disciples got born again. 
They couldn't have gotten born again before because Jesus was walking physically on the planet with them. Then he had to go to the cross to pay for the sin. He had to go to the grave and defeat hell and death and then come out in his glorified body and now he could breathe new life into them as Pastor Cody was exhorting. And so this is a place where we see the Holy Spirit as breathed into the life of people that will receive Jesus Christ. But there's more to the Holy Spirit than just that. But unfortunately, a lot of people stop right there. So I got the Holy Spirit when I received Jesus because he actually lives in me through the person and power of the Holy Spirit, but there's more. That's why we call this series more. There's more, and we need to understand it and embrace it so we can walk in the fullness of the person and power of the Holy Spirit. So open your Bibles now to the book of Acts for me, the book of Acts. Let's take a look there. And this is our launching point for today and next week. And so I want you to, I want you to get, wipe this slate clean. I want you to give me a, sl- a clean slate this morning despite what you may have heard in the past or experiences. And let's just take this week and next week and look at the word of God. And then again, you decide what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink out of that. Um, but I want you to know that again, this is safe. This is the Bible. So you can open your heart up to receive. Uh, what we see in Acts 2 is uh, Jesus, as he came to the earth, we just discussed a little bit. He came to the earth and he uh, operated in his ministry. He died on the cross to pay for all our sins, to redeem us. Then he went to to hell and and he defeated the enemy and then he came out with the keys to hell and death. I I heard somebody say this one time, the devil's defeated defeated so bad, he doesn't even have the keys to his own house anymore. That's how bad he was defeated. And so Jesus came out in victory and he walked the earth uh, for 40 days in a glorified body and doing things and giving instruction uh, to his disciples, to his followers. And he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait there until uh, the promise of the Father comes. He's referring to the Holy Spirit comes upon them. We know that they've already received the Holy Spirit through salvation, so there's another working to be done. And so they do that, 10 days passes, and then uh, Jesus actually ascends to heaven, sits down at the right hand of the Father, The disciples go, 120 followers go to the upper room, and and then we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. So the Holy Spirit's uh, poured out in a way that's very demonstrative, uh, very dynamic, very powerful, and to some, uh, very strange to some. Acts 2, 1 through 8 says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, the crowd or a crowd gathered in bewilderment because each one of them heard in their own language or heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Something's happened. The Holy Spirit's poured out to all those in that upper room. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they poured out into the street and all these people were gathered together there not really understanding what's happened. And I think that's where we find ourselves a lot of times today. We see uh, God doing something in believers in the church and then people not understanding what it is so they start making judgments about it. I don't really know what it is, so that must be crazy, and I don't really think that's right, and I've heard about that kind of stuff, but I don't agree with that kind of stuff, and without even knowing for themselves, and so they start making judgments and drawing their own conclusions, and let's jump down to verse 12, the verses in between those two basically talk about where the people were from that were gathered there, and here's their response, amazed and perplexed, the people are amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? 
Some, however, made fun of them. So some are like, I don't get this. And some are like, I don't know, but this is crazy stuff. So let's just, let's make fun of them. And then some said that they had too much wine. So this has to be that. Then Peter stood up with the 11, because there's only 11 now, because Judas took his life, and raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain. I just want to explain. Can I say today and next week, I just want to explain. I mean, I don't know what your experience has been, and maybe you sit there in amazed and perplexed when we talk about Holy Spirit, or and maybe you've even gone to churches that have spoke against it and things like that. Can I just say, wipe the slate clean, and just let me explain what this is about in accordance with the word of God. And it says this, because we have a tendency to either keep it at arm's length with what we don't understand or make fun of it, which is what's happening. Peter said, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. I know you've drawn some conclusions on what's happening here. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what was spoken by the Old, Old Testament prophet Joel. And, the, and being good Jews and followers, they knew what the prophet Joel spoke. And so basically he's way of saying, hey, this, is, this is, is not what you think it is. This is not that. This is not craziness. This is not drunkenness. This is not something to keep at arm's length. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what the prophet Joel spoke about is something that's good to our benefit. Hey, listen, we've been waiting for this to come to pass. Hey, listen, they, remember our studies in the Old Testament as kids? When they talked about the prophet Joel was talking about God pouring out his spirit. It's not that. It's this. This this is what it is. So what is that? He goes on to say this in verse 17. In the last days, here's what the prophet Joel said. In the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in heavens above and signs on earth below. He's saying, it's not this or it's not that what you're thinking it is, it's this. Hold on a second, don't draw conclusions, don't make fun of it. Don't just discount it because you've heard other things and you don't recognize it. This is really that, what the prophet Joel said, that God's gonna pour his spirit out. And listen, it's gonna refresh us and it's gonna revive us and we're gonna do things we never thought we could do and our kids are gonna be blessed and we're gonna see things we never thought we could see and our kids are gonna have visions and dreams and prophesy. So don't discount it, don't hold it at arm's length because you don't understand it. It's not that. Is this. And, and in fact, let's go and take a look at Joel. Here's what Joel says. Because he's just quoting Joel. And afterward, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. It's not this drunken, crazy stuff. It's that, that which was spoken by the Old Testament prophet, which is coming to pass now, which is what we've been waiting for. Ever since we studied it as kids, it's what we've been waiting for. And it's in the scripture and it's God's wanting to pour his spirit out. And who doesn't want God to pour his spirit out on him? And look at the result of that. It's not that, it's this. And this is what I want. This is what I wanted, this is what I need. And again, I think we have to understand that because a lot of times people have misconceptions. And so we want what God wants. I mean, all of us want what God wants. And so we look into the word and we find out that what we thought was that, it's actually this. It's not actually crazy, it's actually good. It's not actually to something to stay away from, it's actually something to embrace. It's not something that's a, a negative, it's something that's a positive. And can I say this, when many of you came here, I don't know your story before you got the tree of life, but I know some of your stories because you've told me you've come from different churches, you've come from different backgrounds. Some of you have come from churches that spoke negative about this or spoke about this kind of stuff. But can I say this, when you have come here and you've experienced this, it's not that what you thought it was. 
And when you, when you didn't want to, you went into a place where I, I talked to, I heard someone tell me their story uh, just the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they're talking about the church that they were in. They, they were in a church and, and they, they didn't raise their hands there. And I'm not saying that's a negative or whatever, but they, they didn't raise their hands there. When it came to Tree of Life, they, that's what they wanted to do, but they didn't want to be the only one. And when they came to Tree of Life, they saw everybody laying their hands and they, they raised their hands. They started raising their hands. This, this, I didn't know you could do this here. And that's just a kind of a silly example, but the reality is for a lot of us, there's a lot of things we're doing here in line with the word you didn't know that could be done. So it's not that, it's this, it's this. And I just want you to have that open heart, that open mind, what the scripture says. I want to explain it to you a little bit. And so some of you have really already discovered a lot of things. And so that's why I hope to see you come back next week when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you what we're talking about. Next week, we're going to talk about the heavenly language. And it's not that, what you think it is. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be great, it's gonna be positive. I want you to come back and see an experience because we believe that you're a tree alive. The point is we reject things based on bad information. Sometimes by non-Christians and sometimes by Christians. But my hope is that you'll see when we're done, you'll say, oh, this is that. This is what was spoken by the prophet. It's God pouring out his spirit. Oh, and I want that. I want God's spirit poured out on me. So let's take a look, okay, so here's what I wanna start. We know God the Father, we know God the Son, we sing those songs, but I want you to know God the Holy Spirit. Because you know they're one, all three are one, and so we, we can relate in some regard, whether you had a good father or not, you, you kinda understand what a father picture should be. So God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, because we know he died on the cross for you and I, and we embrace that relationship, and so we're okay with that, but what about the Holy Spirit? What about this Holy Ghost thing? And so we, we can embrace the other two, but for some reason, because we don't understand or because of what we've heard, we have a tendency to keep them at arm's length, but we'll embrace God, we'll embrace Jesus, his son, and come on, we need to embrace God, the Holy Spirit, because they're three in one, amen? amen. And so, but we won't take time to dig into that. And I wanna give you at least two weeks, we could take a whole, series could take a whole year on that, easily on that topic, but we're gonna talk about that. The truth is, it's probably not what you think. He is just as much as the other two. And so I need, I, need, I need you to open up your heart. Let me tell you what he's not. He's not an it. I'll start right there. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. He's a person. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's the third person. He's much a he is God. He's much a he is Jesus. He's a he, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when the Bible describes him, the Bible calls him him. <laughs> I know it's not good grammar, but it's true. He's a him. He's a person. And, I, and you see uh, him, if you see him as some kind of uh, a spirit or ghost or ethereal thing or cosmic force, you'll relate to him differently. But if you see him as a person, you'll relate to him personally. You can have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit just like you can with Jesus and God. In fact, they all kind of work together, if you will. And really, ghost is not the best translation. I know it's used, but it's not the best translation. Remember, our translators were trying to find English words to, meet the fit, to fit Greek words. You know, it doesn't always happen that way. In fact, we have, we have a sweet uh, girl who's been staying with us from Audible David, a great family there. She's been staying with us. So she's from Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico. She speaks English, but, but sometimes, you know, the words that we use in English, the words they use in Spanish, they don't really kind of, it doesn't really mean it. We were at the, the restaurant the other day, and we went there to, to eat some real Mexican food. <laughs> I think it's Chewy's. <laughs> and so we're ordering, you know, cheese on everything, and then we order. Oh, and we also want to order. A, we want to order a queso. <laughs> She's like, "What? We got cheese on our tacos, and then we want queso." And she says, "Cheese is queso. It's just what you call it in Spanish." 
So sometimes there's not a, sometimes there's not a, a good word that fits. Sometimes I think, you know, when we're looking at the English translation, they just don't get necessarily the right, exactly the right meaning. When you look at ghost, I don't believe ghost is exactly the right meaning, but when you look at the original Greek, the word is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. And pneuma in the Greek, in the Greek literally means a refreshing breath of fresh air a refreshing breath of fresh air. It's, if I could say it this way, it's wind in your sails. Uh, you can't see it, but you know it's there. In fact, this morning when uh, Callie and I were headed to church through our neighborhood, uh, there was a lot of wind, the, the, the cold front came in, a lot of wind blowing and stuff. I went by a neighbor's house that had a big limb that was just kind of broke off the tree. You could see it, just a huge limb hanging on the ground, still a little bit attached to the tree, and it's like, the wind did that. You couldn't see the wind, but you could see the impact and effect of the wind. And so the Holy Spirit, he's, he's a refreshing breath of fresh air. That's the Bible says. Who doesn't want that? I want, I want to embrace that refreshing breath of fresh air. I, I want his wind being in my sails to refresh me. You want this in your life. Let me give you the second thing. He's not, he's not weird. Can I say that? He's not weird. He's not. He's not weird. Why? Because God's not weird. God's not weird. He's not weird. He's God. Three in one. Can I tell you? People are weird. Let's be honest with you. People are weird. And I know that's a big turnoff, but if people are weird after they have the Holy Spirit, it's because they were weird before the Holy Spirit. It's just the truth. It's the truth. It's true. I have the Holy Spirit. Love me. He's my best friend, but I don't think I'm weird. Don't answer that. Don't raise your hand. Don't make any comment whatsoever. Either way. No comment either way on that one. You can't let how people act keep you from responding to God. You can't. We need to make decisions based on God's word and not on people and how they act. Because honestly, no one rejects. No one would reject the power of God. None of us would reject the power of God. We want the power of God, but they reject the packaging. You can't throw away everything just because some people has packaged it in a crazy way. Don't just throw it all out because some people have packaged it in a certain way. So who is he then? We gave you a couple of things who he's not. Who is he? Let me tell you who Jesus says he is. Don't take my word, take his word. Jesus says he is my inner voice. The Holy Spirit is my inner voice, this holy inner voice that you can have more access to if you don't keep him at arm's length, but you embrace him for who he is. See, Jesus had a conversation about him at the Last Supper. In fact, the Last Supper conversation, when Jesus sat around with his disciples and they, they took communion and then he was taken away to be crucified, that whole discussion was about the person of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is making sure his disciples are hearing about this, and you can read John 14, John 15, John 16, and hear that and read that discussion. But let's take a look at John 16, 8, the New King James Version. It says this, and when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Listen, he has come to be your inner voice. He's the one that will tell you, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't go there. I mean, we need that. And I say we need that inner voice speaking to us and telling us what we need to do and not do, where we need to go and not go, what to say and not to say. And can I tell you, every week I can think back this last week, I had a moment where I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me not to engage in this particular conversation and I did anyways and oh my goodness that I regret that. I'm sorry, Holy Spirit. And then I tell you, I had other moments that I listened to him and I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm gonna listen to you more, all right? It's that inner voice telling you, don't go to that place. Don't hang out with those people. Don't do that anymore. 
Listen, we need to listen to that holy inner voice. He's there to help us. He's there to help us. Listen, he's not there to condemn you. He's not there to say, you're a loser. You're not gonna go anywhere. Let me tell you, he's there to convict you. And what that means is he's there to help you find a way out. He's there to help you find a better way. Condemnation says you're never gonna get out of this. You're never gonna get better, so quit trying. That's the devil. So don't listen to that voice. Listen to the voice that's there to help you find a better way, help you make a better decision, help you live a better life. See, he'll be this inner voice that we need to be more familiar with. He'll say, I, I wouldn't do that. Don't go there. Can I, can I say this? I, I, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm the father of two teenage girls. Can I tell you, I thank God for the inner voice that speaks to me every single day. Listen, parents, you need to embrace the power, person and power of the Holy Spirit to raise your kids. Grandparents, you need to embrace the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, I can't tell you how many times I'd come home late or, or I'd be even at college and I'd get a phone call from my mom. Yeah, what have you been doing? Where were we at last night? I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mom. I don't know what he's talking about. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Holy Spirit woke me up last night. I was praying for you all night long. What were you doing? Like, I don't know what I was doing, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start, what I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start telling the Holy Spirit, quit talking to my mom. <laughs> it's that inner voice. Come on, you need that. We all need that. Hey, can I say this, especially in the world today? Because can I say Christianity is so watered down, we can't even necessarily listen to what Christians are saying? Pop Christianity, pop culture Christianity. Listen, the church is accepting so many things that fall outside of the word of God. It's easy for us to get deceived into thinking something politically correct is biblically correct. It's not. Mm -mm. I don't want to be politically correct. I want to be biblically correct. And the Holy Spirit will always direct me to being biblically correct. Always. The inner voice. to help your life. We need that inner voice. Number two, let me tell you who he is. As according to Jesus, he's my teacher. He is my teacher. Meaning you can read the Bible and get revelation without going to Bible school. And he's there to teach you. Open up the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Read it. Well, I just don't know because I don't know. I haven't been there like the pastor has. I didn't go to seminary. I don't go there. Hey, you got the Holy Spirit. Open the Bible up. Read it. Can I tell you, you can read the same scripture over and over again. The Holy Spirit will keep showing things to you, keep showing things to you. In fact, the second, I think the second Saturday in November, we had the men's breakfast. When I, when I ministered that men's breakfast, it was over one of my favorite passages of scripture, one that I feel I have gone through pretty thoroughly, I love. But the reason why I felt I was to teach that passage of scripture, because in reading it, the Holy Spirit brought something to me. I thought, man, I never saw it that way before. And I know that was the Holy Spirit telling me, then we need to, I needed to share that at the men's breakfast. I was like, I, I don't know how many times, this is my favorite passage of scripture. Holy Spirit, thank you, I never saw it that way before. And then I was excited to bring that word that morning to the men's breakfast. Let me tell you, he's your teacher. John 14, 26 says this. But the advocate, teacher, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. He will teach you and remind you of things he has said. He'll teach you things that he said in the Bible. First John 2, 27, New Living Translation. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you so you don't need anyone to teach you what's true. He's always gonna point you to the word for the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. That's why when I talk to someone, they come talk to me and I say, well, where, what, what are you standing on? Well, where, where's that in the word? Well, what scripture are you using for that? Well, you made this decision, that decision. Okay, show me in the Bible. Show me that in the scripture. Because the Holy Spirit's always gonna teach you the word, remind you what God says. 
So we need that. Uh, that's one of his roles. If you'll get closer and not keep him at an arm's distance, I'll give you another thing. Jesus said, he is my guide. He's my guide. A lot of people at a, at a crossroads, a lot of people in here making decisions. You have big decisions to make in life. A lot of you have stopped and talked to me. Pray for me. I got this happening. I need to decide this. You're trying to figure out what to do. John 16, 13 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you in all, into all the truth. He'll not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he'll tell you what is yet to come. He will guide you and tell you what is yet to come. He will guide you. That means he will lead you. That means you can follow him. That means you can trust him. Listen, in the Old Testament, they were looking at all kinds of outward things. They were looking at pillars of cloud and pillars of fire and looking this up. But listen, when Jesus went and sent the Holy Spirit, now we have that inside of us. We don't need outward signs. Lord, give me a burning bush. Give me a pillar of cloud. Give me a pillar of fire. Listen, we listen to the Holy Spirit and he will lead us where we need to go. He'll lead you. Listen to the whole, you, know, you don't keep him at arm's length. You embrace him because you need to hear his voice as he leads you. And he'll show you things to come. He'll lead you. So you, you, make, so you miss some mistakes. You make some better decisions. He'll, he'll lead you to a place. He'll lead you to a destination. Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. You need to trust the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. You need to trust him. He's there to lead you. Uh, Jesus says this, he's my friend. In fact, we need to say it this way, he's my best friend. That's the relationship we need to have with him. What that means is we need to talk to him all day long like you would your best friend. You need to talk to him about everything. You need to include him in everything. Ask him what you need to do. Ask him for help. Ask him before you go into a meeting. You have a thing at work. Ask him, talk to him first. Before you make that phone call, talk to him first. Before you answer that, call or ID. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Holy Spirit, should I answer this one? No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Talk to him first. Ask him to speak to you, to show you how to handle situations with your family, with your friends, with your business, with your life. That's what you do with your friends. You talk to him. You embrace that, embrace that relationship. He's there all the time. We'll never leave or forsake you. Be close to him because there's more. Uh, he has nothing but good for you <clears throat> if you'll make him your best friend. You'll make him, but guess what he's gonna tell you? He's gonna tell you what the word says. He's gonna tell you what the word says even if you don't like it, even if you don't agree. Hey, you know what? We need people to tell us the truth even if we don't like it, right? Hey, so that's what I value. Most of my friends that will tell me the truth, not what I wanna hear. And the, the Bible's the best, the best path to follow. So he'll, he'll, he'll show you that, he'll show you that. Uh, you know, the picture of, uh, of, of that the, the helper. Well, in fact, let me give you the scripture first. John 14, 16. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Another one might say friend in the translation. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That he may abide with you forever. Uh, that word helper there is paraclete or parakletos. And it literally means one called alongside you to help. God the Father has given us one called alongside us to help. Here's the picture. If I was gonna move this podium, then, and if I'm on one side, here's the picture of that scripture literally means, then the Holy Spirit is here on the other side of this podium. So where are we going? I got this. I got this, I got my part. I got, I'm here to help you. You're on one end, I'm on one end. That's literally the picture of what this scripture means. 
That's the word. It'll say counselor. It'll say advocate. It'll say helper. In some translations, it'll say friend. The point, his, the point is, he's someone you can relate to regularly. Let's take a look at the benediction or the closing prayer in the, in the last of 2 Corinthians. This is the last thing said in the 2 Corinthians, a book of Corinthians, the last, of chapter, last chapter, chapter 13, the last scripture, verse 14. Look at the message paraphrase. Here's what it says. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The grace of Jesus Christ, and we're so thankful for that. The extravagant love of God, and God is love. There is no greater love, and his love truly is extravagant. And listen to this, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. He did not say this, that, that, that the, the grace of Jesus be with you, and that be, uh, the extravagant love of God be with you, and go your way in peace and blessings to you. He didn't stop there, did he? He said, just as important as the grace of Jesus Christ and the extravagant love of God is the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You need all of that. You need to embrace all of who he is. Embrace the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. May that be with you. That's a pretty powerful passage right there, scripture. You need a relationship with God the Father. That relationship is through Jesus the Son. But guess what? These two are in heaven. The Bible says God's on the throne. And it says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So guess who lives with us every day of our life? God, the Holy Spirit. The one that a lot of us will just want to keep at an arm's different, at different distance because we don't understand him. But listen, how we relate to the other two is through the person and power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said, I need to go to the Father so I can send another, another one like me. It's the Holy Spirit who will be with you forever, who will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, I need to go so you can have the other part of us that is always with you. Because God the Father is on the throne of heaven and I'm gonna go be seated at his right hand. So you need the Holy Spirit to be with you every day, every moment of your life. Embrace the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Embrace him. It's the Holy Spirit that's here with us to be our best friend. And people go, I can do God the Father, I can do God the Son, but I don't know about that Holy Spirit stuff. And guess what? He's God also, and you can relate to him. Ephesians 4.30, message, paraphrase. Don't grieve God. Now listen to this. This is extremely powerful right here. Don't grieve God. Don't break God's heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. What grieves the heart of God when you take the gift and person and power of the Holy Spirit for granted? Let's embrace the gift God has given us in the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Let's embrace that. God very powerfully states how important the Holy Spirit is to your and my life. So, okay, I hear you, Pastor. What do I do? Well, let me make this simple. God made it simple. Man makes this complicated. God made it simple. You simply invite him into your life. And I'm gonna say it this way, by praying three simple prayers. I want you to understand these. I want you to listen. I want you to get these three simple prayers because these are things that you need to do. You need to do on your own. You need to do out of your heart. You need to do as a personal conviction and to embracing the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I wanna give you these three things that you need to do, these three prayers that you need to pray. Number one, you need to pray this, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, show me, reveal yourself to me. 
Reveal yourself to me and reveal me to me. Show me things. Show me stuff. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. Show me what's not pleasing to you. Show me what I need to be doing and not doing. Show me me. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27 says this, and I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. He will move you to follow his decrees. Isn't it better having something in you or someone in you moving you to want to do what God's asking you to do? That's what happens. It, it's he that wants to do the word of God. It's he who wants to follow the word of God. It's he who wants to have fellowship with Jesus. And I'm thankful to have that inside of me. He wants to do that. I'm thankful. Even in my worst day, he wants to fellowship with God. Even in my worst day, he wants to follow the word of God. And you need to pray that prayer. Show me what I need to be doing. Psalms 139, 23 through 24 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Show me, reveal me to me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. Because sometimes I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm off. I don't even know that's been a part of my life for so long. So-and-so said it's okay. I don't need, but show me Holy Spirit. Reveal it to me. Make room in your heart for the Holy Spirit to do that. You need a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit because he will tell you. Number two, pray this. Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, change me. Now that he's shown you something, ask him to change you. It's so important that we don't stay where we started. It's important for every one of us to take spiritual steps. He empowers us to do what we can. Oh, I wanna do this, pastor, but I just don't think I can. I wanna break free from this, pastor, but I just don't think I can. And can I say this? You can't. But under the power of the person of the Holy Spirit, you can. In your own strength and ability, you cannot. But with the power and person of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, you can do all things. You can do the impossible. You, there's things you can't do without them. So you need to pray. Change me. Help me walk free from this. Just take the next step. Wherever you are on the journey, take the next step and grow. Apply the word. Be a doer of the word. I'm going to ask a question, and, can, and I want you to raise your hand if, if this is true. Can anyone in here say, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm a whole lot farther than I was? Can anybody say that in the relationship with God? Amen. Come on. That's an encouragement to everybody. Amen. Hey, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm a whole lot farther than I was. So I thank you. Holy Spirit, continue to change me. Continue to change me. Show me, reveal things, and then change me. Give me the power to overcome. Give me the power to take that next step. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm a whole lot farther than I am, but I know tomorrow I can grow. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18, New Living Translation. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God and the Lord, who is the Spirit. Make us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Amen. And what's they saying here is, Spirit, breathe fresh air into my life. Breathe fresh air into me. But you have to give him permission. Last one. I got to close. Last one. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. In other words, give me everything you have. I want everything you have, God. I want it all. If this is what you have for us, God, and I believe that it is according to the word of God, then I want it fill me overflowing. And I want to ask you this, and don't raise your hands on this one, but how many of you would say you already have all that God has for you? Not one of us in this room. In fact, that's impossible until we get to heaven one day. But until then, we need to ask, continue to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. 
Fill us with his presence. Fill us with his power. Fill us with fresh air. So we say, God, I want more. I want more of you in my life. Fill me. Listen, pray this. You need to pray this every day so you don't do life in your own power. So you don't do things in your own power. Pray every day that he'll fill you. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. When it says do not be drunk on wine, basically we're saying don't be led by your own senses. Don't do things with your own power, your own strength. Don't follow your own wants, ways, your own senses in this. It says this, be filled with the spirit. Don't do whatever you feel like doing. Be filled with the spirit. Well, Pastor Don, I've already been filled with the spirit. Well, Acts 13, 52, New American Standard Bible says this. And the disciples were, what's that word? Continually, they were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Another translation says it this way, be ye being filled. It's a process of constantly being filled. Fill me every day, wake up every morning, fill me up today, Lord, fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Fill me up with your presence, fill me up with your power. Why? Because God has more. Be being filled continually. I want you to pray. I want you to ask Holy Spirit to show you things that need to be revealed. I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, change me. I wanna be more like you. I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. Now listen, I'm gonna close with this thought. I know that there are a lot of questions, a lot of fears, a lot of concerns, misinformation. I know people have said a lot of things and because they don't understand. But can I say this, let me say this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit simply makes me better than me. Just makes me being better than me. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else preaches or teaches. It doesn't matter what anybody else's experience has been. This is not a comparison game or we're better than you or they're better than us or they know more word than you know or they know more word than we know or this guy I heard or listened to. It doesn't. The Holy, the Holy Spirit makes me better than me. That's all. And that's all I want to be. I want to be more like him. We need to learn to embrace him and not keep him at an arm's difference because of an experience or because it's what somebody else said. We need to experience him for ourselves. So I want to do that because I think the most genuine way you experience that for yourself is when you pray those prayers. So I wanted to give you those tools and I wanna encourage you. I've led you beside the still waters that will refresh your soul, I believe. I've brought you to the green pasture where you can safely eat and be fed. Now you eat and drink of the Lord. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.